Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, my guest this episode is a legendary Bearcat. Played for the Bearcats from 2003 to 2006, and in my opinion, he goes down as the greatest dunker in UC Bearcat history. I'd like to welcome in my guy, James Flight White. What's up, my guy? What's going on, man? Nice, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, hey, let's, let's, let's get this straight, okay? And I've, I've battled people on social media about this. You are the best dunker in Bearcat history, okay? I'm, I'm putting it in for this, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that honor. I'll take that honor. I'll take it. No doubt. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later, but um, how things going for you, man? I know it's a crazy time right now in the country. How's your family? You safe? Yeah, I'm safe, man. Uh you know, I even had a crazier time because I was in Italy. So I was playing ball in Italy, and I was able to um, leave before it got a little too crazy. So it's getting even crazier now. But around the time the country was getting shut down, I was able to get out of there, get home, and I just been, you know, bunkered down like uh, most of the, most of the rest of the country here. So you know, my family and everything's good, and we just you know taking it one day at a time. Okay, great. Now, your family? How many kids you have? How old are they? I got two. I got two boys. Uh, I have my oldest son James, who's uh, 15, who I had when I was in college, my junior year, and he, he's from you know he's from the Cincinnati Dayton area. And then I have my youngest son, who's six years old, Caden. He'll be seven in April. Uh, future ballers. Yeah, for sure. But uh, James, he plays in Dayton. He's uh, he played JV this year. He's a pretty good basketball player. He's getting better, getting tall, he's dunking now. Uh, he's a freshman, so I mean he's getting better every year. He got a chance to be uh, a solid player, at least a college player. I think he got a good chance. And Caden, he's just he he's got everything. His, his brother doesn't have. He, he has the height and the athleticism, the crazy athleticism, and all that stuff. But he's just still young, so he doesn't even really. I mean, he likes basketball, but he's a football guy. He likes football. Okay, okay. Well, good. Well, hey, let's jump into uh, your kind of your journey. Uh, we're going to start with high school. Now, you and I have something in common. And mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. During high school, you attended three different schools. Am I correct? Man, I attended. Let me see. Yeah, I attended Blue. four different schools. Four. I said okay. Yeah, Blue I started at a school called Magruder. Okay. Uh, I left Magruder and then went to a school called Blue Ridge, which is a boarding school. So I went to a boarding school my freshman year, and it was like uh, it was real good for me because at the time I wasn't like really into into school like that and I never really was in the school but they that taught me they taught me how to study how to prepare you know prepare my time and 
you know, manage my time a little bit better so that I can get that kind of stuff out of the way and, and do all the stuff I like to do. So I learned a lot at that school. I've learned how to fish and do all kinds of stuff. I've uh, around a lot of rich people <laughs> for the first time in my life. I, <laughs> I saw how they live because, man, that school was like $50,000 a year to go to. And I, had, I, was, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to play basketball there. But just being around, like, you know, different ethnicities. I, I had a Korean uh, roommate who was, like, from Korea, like, barely spoke English, you know. So it was, it was a good time, and I learned a lot. And then from there, I went to Newport for two years, which is like a basketball factory type of place, had a lot of big time players come out of there. And then my senior year, I went to Hargrave Military Academy. Yeah, and that leads you to the McDonald's All-American game. Now, obviously, not a lot of people are fortunate enough to play in that game, but um, you were able to make it to the McDonald's All-American game, and there's a legendary dunk competition, and, and that kind of started off, well, we'll get into your different dunk competitions, but um, that dunk competition – um, you you made it to the finals, correct? Against uh, David Lee, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Who turned out to be your teammate with the Gators? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I remember you had yep. the red headband on. You had mm-hmm. the red headband on that one. So take take us through that dunk competition real quick. Man, it was like you know. So you know when you back then you know it's sort of like it is now with AAU. You you get to you know know a lot of the guys on the circuit. So, you know, everybody's expecting me to, you know, go out there and, you know, do my thing. Everybody's anticipating it. So I had a lot of, you know, you know, uh, energy and, you know, you know, pressure on me to, to get busy. So, you know, I told everybody, you know, back home, you know, watch tune in cause I'm gonna go crazy. So, I mean, I was just out there just doing the stuff I normally do. I've been in so many dunk contests to that point, just, you know, just everywhere, just being in different dunk contests. So, I mean, I was just there to just show up, you know, and, and do my thing. And, you know, fortunately, I was able to get to the to finals. Unfortunately, I kind of got the short end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Against David Lee, your, your future teammate at the Gators, and you end up um, playing for the Gators, for Billy Donovan. Yeah. And yep. you were on a team at that time when you got there your freshman year. There were four other guys who ended up going and playing in the NBA. So um, that was a pretty loaded uh, squad you were going to. Yeah, I mean, even even before I got there, one of the reasons I went there, I was like big into, you know, wanting to be part of something special. And one of the reasons uh, I wanted to go there is because Kwame Brown was going to go there. So it was our class was actually me, David Lee, and Kwame Brown. But Kwame, of course, ended up being a number one pick in the draft. So our class, we had the number one recruiting class. So that was one of the reasons I liked. I wanted to go there. And another reason is they had the pressing style they like to press and they played up and down I, I was really into that but our team was loaded we had brett nelson who was one uh mcdonald's all-american also was a great college player we had um orion green who ended up playing in the nba who's probably like he started over me at the three which was really he was really a point guard udonis haslam big big udonis haslam though mm-hmm. big udonis haslam who was like probably the, one of the best centers in the country we had matt barner who everybody knows the Red Rocket played for the Spurs many years. And David, you know, David Lee, who played in the NBA for a long time, was an all-star. And me and David was basically the guys who came off the bench. We probably played about the same amount of minutes, about 15, 16 minutes a game, and both came off the bench and tried to, uh, you know, make an impact. We had a real good team. Yeah. And I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, but when you were at Florida with the Gators, do you remember my brother? No. No. So do you remember – 
Tom Williams that worked with the basketball program. That was my guy. Tom was my guy. He he had to work hard with me because, I, like I said, I hated school. <laughs> he had to work hard with me, yeah. So Tom Williams, um, an academic advisor for the Gators basketball program. You remember Keith Carradine, right? Yes, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the head of all academics. My brother was the football version of Tom Williams. So my brother worked with the football team. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, well, at that time, you probably had met my brother, but you hadn't, you know, transferred to Cincy yet. So you probably never, we've never talked about this. You probably never tied the, the whole thing together. But yeah, you've talked to my brother Pastor, but I don't think we ever talked about this and put it together. That, so. That's crazy because I always see you like on Instagram down there, down there in Florida and stuff. And I always wondered why you would be down there and stuff, but I never asked you. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. And, and so so just even with that tie there with my brother there in, in Cincinnati, you end up deciding to transfer to the Bearcats. Now, how did that come about? Were the Bearcats recruiting you during your process um, in high school? Um, and who was the person that really started that conversation with you um, from the Bearcats staff? Well, coming out in high school, everybody recruited me. Cincinnati wasn't really on my radar like that. For whatever reason, I I don't know. I only I tried to keep my recruiting real short. I tried to get it out the way. I really uh I first um committed to North Carolina and then they switched coaches and so then I picked Florida Florida as my second my second option. So I, my thing went by fast. But when I transferred it was between Cincinnati, Syracuse and uh Missouri. Mm. And yeah, so I, I had a link to um Syracuse my my friend Melo went there he was a freshman that year and one of my AAU guys Troy Weaver was an assistant there so that was one of my links there uh Missouri I didn't really have a link there but I liked the coach Quinn Snyder was the coach at the time mm -hmm. and he was a young guy kind of like Billy Donovan uh they played a, a great system where they let their guys play and I, and I liked that I took a visit there um and Cincinnati was my other school now Everybody knows uh, Demar Johnson, who went there. He was like, yep. of, he was like, kind of like my one of my big brothers, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, Demar was like, he played on my AAU team. We went to the same high school, all that kind of stuff, and he went there. So I had a link to that school. That was one of my links. So when I uh, was looking for a school, uh, that was one of the first schools that was suggested by uh, Curtis uh, Malone, who's my AAU coach. So yep, I know who he is. So, yep. So I took my visit to Missouri. I took a visit. I went to Syracuse. I saw Melo's first game at Madison Square Garden against Memphis. Talked to right. Melo. Yeah, I talked to Melo in the hotel room afterwards, and it was clear that he, was, he wasn't going to be there the next year. So he was like, man, you need to just come here, and, you know, it'll be your show. And uh, I was thinking about that, and then I took my visit to Cincinnati. And uh, I went there, and uh, Lenny, Lenny Stokes took me on my visit. You know, uh, I went to practice and everything, hung out. And I remember the the trainer bringing me the bringing me the Jordan book. I think that might have been the thing that sealed it. <laughs> he brought yeah. that that classic Jordan book over to me, telling me I could pick whatever Jordan I wanted. Crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And was, I, that Jay, yeah. was that Jay Grossman? Was that Jay? Huh? Was yeah, that Jay, Jay. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And uh, I was like, I remember that crazy. book. <laughs> but it was the energy of the practice that really changed everything for me and made me go there because at Florida, I couldn't really be myself. And that was one of the reasons I transferred. Like, I was a guy with energy. I was a guy who came from a, a place where 
talking trash and doing stuff like that is encouraged, you know, in Florida. <laughs> It wasn't encouraged, and you couldn't yeah. do. You couldn't really do stuff. Me and David used to get kicked out of practice all the time, all yeah. the time, because David was the same type of way. He was a high energy guy. He was a you know one of those type of guys, and you know that type of stuff used to get us going. But we couldn't never do that kind of stuff. And I don't think at Florida, I never held it against uh, Billy because I mean he's a great coach. But I don't think until those guys like uh, uh, Joe Kim Noah and all them guys came, he never let people do that kind of stuff to them guys out there. So when I got to Cincinnati and saw the energy in there, how how competitive it was, how dudes was just reacting, how they interacted with the coach, how they talked to the coach, how they talked to each other, the respect they were given, I really fell in love with the program. I think you make a great point because Huggins was kind of ahead of his time from a standpoint that if a player came in with a certain style or a certain personality, he let them be that. And exactly. there were there were so many coaches that were like, nope. This is how you conform, like like you talked about. But I mean, you think about um, Dermar and, and K. Sat and those guys. You know, coming. You know, Kenny coming from New York. He's coming in with a full length fur coat on day one, and right. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Field and um, those guys with big afros and stuff. But he he was like, look, you do all that, but you, but you're gonna work hard. And and yeah. Between the lines, I don't care as long as you work hard, we're good. Am I right? Let, yeah, let me let me tell you a story, man. Like so, when I was at Florida, my, so I've always been into shoes. So like that was my thing. Like I always wanted to be the guy who had the best shoes. So when I was yeah. at Florida, one of my friends, like uh, Richard Hamilton, was a friend of mine. So mm-hmm. like he was like a big brother to me, and you know he had the Jordan deal back then. He was playing with the with the Wizards. I used to have yeah. all the Jordans. All the Jordans. So I used to wear all the Jordans, but I used to, you know, really try to, you know, stand out. So the, my first game at Florida, we was playing the Madison Square Garden against Arizona, and I had the hyperflights on, orange hyperflights. He had blue uniforms, or I had these orange hyperflights. They were all patent leather, shiny, shiny-ass shoes. Mm-hmm. And the whole game, Dick Vitale, all he was talking about was my shoes. Mm-hmm. Look at these shoes. They're ugly. Look at them. Just talking about my shoes. The whole game kept circling them and everything. Man, Billy Donovan, I came in. He said, you can't wear them shoes no more. You're not allowed to wear them shoes ever again. He I, he banned the shoes. He wouldn't let me wear them no more. He's like, you're causing too much attention. Da, 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 da. I was like, man. And that was like the first sign for me that like, uh, yeah, you ain't going to be, you got to, you got to, you know, go into, you know, what they, you know, want you to be. And I was right. like, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, which is uh, completely opposite with Hugs. Hugs would have been like, "Hey, man, you got to wear them the rest of the season because right. that, that helps recruiting." Exactly. You know what I mean? And and you're exactly. getting talked about constantly by you know a figure like Dick Vitale. That's that promotion right there is worth millions of dollars right there. And Nike should be dropping you off shoes for that. Like, oh man. <laughs> right. And we're going to talk about shoes later. You know I'm not going to let you go by without talking about <laughs> shoes. So For sure. we're, going, we're going to hold on to that. But So transferring to Cincy, um, you had to sit out the 2002-2003 season, um, mm-hmm. which gives you three years with the Bearcats. But at, at this point, I mean, you feel like you've really found a home here uh, with the Bearcats, um, right. which, which leads into that 2003 season, which is, um, you know, your first full season with the, with the Bearcats. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, just going back, you weren't eligible until about mid-December, correct? Yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe a little earlier, but yeah, something like that. 
I missed okay. like the first four, four or five games, something like that. And and if I remember, I, I didn't do my research on this. But please correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Armin get hurt and you got put into the starting lineup the next game? Is that right? I'm not sure. I just know the the first game I came back, the first game I played, I didn't start the first game. The mm-hmm. first, the very first game, I don't think I started. But I was always a starter. On I was a starter from the beginning. But what I remember, uh, only thing that happened that that did change. I wanted that's the team Nick was on, right? Nick was on that team, right? Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so Nick Nick was on the team, and what happened was. He moved me to the point guard. I was the three at first, and then he moved me to the one on that team uh, as the season went by. But I, I do remember I, I didn't start the first game, but I think after that I started the rest of the games. Yep, yep, and then kind of took off from there. And Yeah. Um, I know you guys ended up losing in the, uh, I think it was the second round to Illinois that year. But I think one interesting thing is a lot of people don't remember this, but you also ran, you did track and field for UC. Yeah, I did. I did. I did track and field. Um, I want to say I did. I did one. I did. Yeah, did it one year. And um, I actually ran at Florida as well. I, I did track and field at Florida as well, which uh, really didn't like either. <laughs> so I ran. I ran next. I, I ran. I ran in high school. So I ran track in high okay. school. Um, one state and everything. And uh, even though my, t- uh, you know, I didn't have like a lot of training in it, so. When I went to Florida, I went out, you know, during the spring and did they they welcomed me. I did a couple track meets, won a couple. I just did the high jump though, won a couple events, um, mm-hmm. won a couple meets. Then when I got to Florida, I asked her, you know, can I, you know, can I do this in the off season? I want to try it out. And she's like, sure, as long as you make your basketball workouts, it's cool. But I don't care. And I was able to actually get into it when I was at Cincy. I was actually able to practice with the team, actually go to a lot of track meets, and really just like actually be on the team when I was at Cincy. And that's that's dope because a lot of kids don't do that now. You just don't hear about that, right? You know, I wanted I, actually I wanted to try out for the football team at Florida. So I played football coming up until I got to uh, my first year in high school, and I wasn't able to play because my after so the school I went to they had a, a rule where you had to play three sports. And by the time I got there, football season was like almost over, so I had to play basketball, baseball and run track and then the second school i went to didn't have a football team so i my football thing was over but when i mm-hmm. went to florida you know they was that's a football school yeah, I, sure. I want to try out man see spurrier was there i was like man, i want to try out for the football team like you know just go out and see what i could do and you know nobody was having that no they wasn't having that at all <laughs> <laughs> they wasn't having that at all so i was no. like man but i mean that's how i was brought up to play a bunch of sports and play you know, you never know what you could be good at. You know, you never know until you try. So, yeah, no, I always like it. No doubt about it. Real quick, too, while I'm thinking of this. Um, and you talked about, you know, kind of being an individual and hugs allowing every player to kind of have their own individual style and personality. Mm-hmm. One thing that you came in with, but I'm I'm going to tell you, man, I think you were inconsistent with this, is the headband. Sometimes you had the yeah. headband. Sometimes you didn't. What was yeah. up with that? I don't know, man. Like, because, uh, you know, a lot of I, – I, people don't know this, and people will get – people going to say this is not true, but I was one of the first people to rock the headband starting in high school. I started rocking the headband in ninth grade. First person to really rock the headband that nobody wore was Jason Capono. I don't know if you remember Jason Capono. Played for UCLA, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. White guy. Jason yeah. Capono was the – 
he was the first dude to wear headbands. He was one of the first dudes. So in D.C., we used to rock these headbands. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember, DJ probably used to wear the Cannon Sport, the, like the Ninja Turtle one, like oh, yeah. tied up. So yep. that's, that's the D.C. thing. We used to always, now you see guys wearing it all the time. But I was one of the first people to just rock a regular headband. Nobody was wearing the headband when I was in high school. I was the first dude, and I used to have the flight across. I used to have stuff written. But I always used to take it off. Like, I'd get mad and take it off and stuff. But, like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't – I don't know why I would wear it sometimes and sometimes it didn't. But my senior year, I never wore it because I had the bald head. And then yeah, like, yeah. The, the way the, my bald head worked, I had so much extra skin. If I – once I wore the – the headband, it would scrunch my head up, and I had a Shane Batty ache, so I wouldn't wear the headband. <laughs> <laughs> your hot dog is on top of your- <laughs> Yeah, I had the hot dog. I had the hot dog, so I was like, man, I ain't going to wear the joint because it's scrunching my head. So I'm just going to wear, you know, just the baldy. That's too funny. I've always, I've always wanted to ask you about that, the inconsistency of the headband. Because if you think about it, like, Lenny Stokes was known for that headband. Like, he, he okay. was that headband wasn't coming off, like, throughout yeah. his career. So I, I always said, there was always those little things like that that I like to, to ask and hear about. But so so rolling into the 2004 season, um, I want to talk about Midnight Madness, October mm-hmm. 16th, 2004. Mm-hmm. And this is when I knew it was real. So I was at Midnight Madness. And they, you know, had a bunch of the former players come come back, and we were kind of all sitting around, and we were all on the floor, and it was packed in that joint. Yeah. And I will never forget the dunk competition, and at Midnight Madness, and I remember sitting floor level, and listen, I played with and I witnessed some great dunkers, like Melvin Levitt was off the hook. I mean, I, I mean, I constantly just through my career, I saw you know great dunkers and great dunks. But at that midnight madness, when you took off from that free throw line and were doing what you did, I looked at the people next to me and I said, "Man, I have I'm, I'm going to cuss here." I said, "I've never seen any shit like that before in my life." Like <laughs> from that floor level was insane, like crazy. So is that something just specifically with the dunks is that something that you always had um or was it a mixture of you had jumping ability but you also worked at it so that's like so starting like my ninth grade year when i started really starting to dunk and stuff like that and i started creating these i was trying different stuff and um you know, like I'll be at Newport and I had we had a bunch of great players. They'd be like, just try something. You know, I dare you to try this. And I would try it and do it the first time. Then I realized that I really could jump like I could do anything. And that would always be my thing. I would, but I never practiced it. I never would practice stuff. I would like, I would have, like, I remember I went to uh, Ohio. We had a tournament in Ohio and we finished the game. Some guy comes out of the stands like, I want to challenge you to a dunk contest. Like, all right, <laughs> cool. We do the dunk contest, and uh, my my coach at the time, a guy named uh, Keith Stevens, who now is the head of uh, Take Takeover, who's the number one AU team in the country. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'm gonna put a quarter in the middle of the free throw line." So he put a quarter like in the middle up for the free throw line, top of the key, and I just dunked from there, shut the building down. You know, mm-hmm. I would just try stuff. Like that's always been my thing. Like I never like practice stuff, and then I would do it. So that was mm-hmm. like the first time I did between the legs on the free throw line. I was in Toronto at Carabana. Jerome Williams, 
or a former, you know, Georgetown Hawaii NBA mm-hmm. player. He's from my yep. neighborhood. Who he also wore me. a headband. He wore a headband. Yep. 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 He brought me to he brought me to um Carabana in Toronto to do a dunk contest for uh, Vince Carter's weekend. So we I'm in there, it's all these NBA players, man. Kevin Garnett, all these dudes. Vince Carter. So I'm doing it's a dunk contest, whatever. I had already shut it down. It's over. So now they like just you know, do dunks. They like just telling me to do stuff. So that's like the first time I ever did but uh uh windmill from the free throw line, two hands. First time I ever tried it. So I'm like, man, let me just try this. I'm gonna try to do I'm I'm hyping there and drilling is going. Mm-hmm. So I try to do the between the legs from the free throw line. Knocked it out. First time I ever mm-hmm. tried it. So that's just how I used to do stuff. So I, I would be in the in the moment type of guy. So that's how I work. Yeah, and, and James, and you know this, there's so many kids out there that, you know, can't jump high or from a distance and they try to work at it and they're like, oh, I want to be able to dunk and do all this. And I'm like, you can work on it, but some stuff you either got yeah. or you don't. Am I right? Uh, you're right. People people jump in my DMs all the time, man, ask me, yo, how do I work on this? I'm like, dude, I don't, I can't, I can't, I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hate to do the ask because I, I don't remember me ever, you know, I remember when I started jumping, I started jumping for real. My dad gave me a weight vest and he, you know, had me walk around with the weight vest all the time. But I can't say that's the reason I jump high because I always was an athlete. You know what I'm saying? I always was mm-hmm. fast, always jumped high, always was that type of athlete. My dad was an athlete. So I can't say, that's the reason, or I can't give you a reason or how to do something because I don't think it was one specific thing that made me get to how I was. And there's, I think there's one thing about you that people didn't fully understand until I think this 2004 season, and that is, in my opinion, opinion, when you played, you were an excellent passer. And I don't think you got enough credit for your passing ability. Do you agree with that? I don't get. I got a credit for a lot of stuff, but that's number one. You know, when you when you dunk and you do all this stuff, and people, that's how you get tight pass. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of that's just part of what it is. So unless you like, or uh, I never was a like coming up I, in high school, I scored the ball, of course, but I never was like a like an unbelievable score, scoring fifty points on. So I scored the ball, but I wasn't like that. I just did everything, you know, mm-hmm. and. All the way up until my, my sophomore year in high school, I was a point guard my whole life. Mm-hmm. I played point guard my whole life. So that was one of my things that I loved to do. I loved to pass the ball. That was like my favorite thing to do. Still is. I love to get people the ball until I realized that <laughs> people don't care about that about, about passing. They care about getting a bucket. That's how right. you get to that next level. You got to get a bucket. Until, until then, I, I understood that. Yeah, if it ain't about getting a bucket, people don't really care unless you just – that's just what you're known for. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. No doubt. Been... And I was, I, was in a, I was having a conversation with somebody that was telling me you were coming on the show. And, you know, of course, the first thing they bring up are, you know, you know, these dunks and everything. I said, man, dude could really pass the ball. And they were like, I don't, I don't remember that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I vividly remember that because there were some games in which – I think there's a difference between passing the basketball – and then passing the basketball effectively to a person. So, for example, if you've got, you know, Phil Williams or Steve Logan, a shooter, mm-hmm. and you penetrate and you suck their defender in and then you pitch it right in the shooting pocket for them to man. make that shot, right? Man, that Yeah, man, it's such a it's such an art form. Like, one of the things people don't give Lonzo Ball credit for is the way he passed the ball ahead 
and gets people the ball in the right position all the time. Mm-hmm. He has that's one of his biggest talents. Besides the fact that he's a great athlete, his shot is getting better. He's a great defender. His passing ability, and I'm not talking about. See, people are thinking about the flashy passes and getting the the, the pass that gets the alley oop or the a direct assist to a layup. No, it's the passes that you pass it, kick ahead to somebody. They don't yep. have to dribble right into the shot. You got a shooter like Phil Williams. You come down, you skip it to him perfectly. He ain't got to do nothing but lace it up and shoot the ball. It's stuff like that and seeing a play before it happens, extra passes, the pass that leads to the pass, stuff like that is what makes a great passer. And, like, people, like, really underestimate stuff like that. Uh, well said. I agree with you. Now, that 2004 season, uh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about a big game, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you feel about this. If this was one of the biggest games that you played in in college with the U.K. tournament game at the end of oh, the yeah. season, was yeah, that was... one of the biggest college games you ever played in? For sure, probably, probably the probably the biggest um, far as implications and just the hype and the the, the arena. Man, that was oh. a crazy game. How hype was so? I was there, and mm-hmm. how hype was it in in that gym for that game, man? Man, it was it was unreal because we never played. I hadn't played against Kentucky. You know, they was the they was the big dogs. We playing in that huge ass arena. Crazy. And I just. I remember just going and being in the locker room and, and DJ and, and King are showing up and then both they both had them colorful ass fur coats on. Oh, he's in the man. locker room. We was like, damn, get in the yep. crowd. Nicholas Nicholas Shay's in the crowd. You know, back then Nicholas Shay was the man. So uh-huh. like Nicholas Shay's in the crowd. Like it was just hype, man. It was crazy. And I mean, and um, shit, they had a bunch of league players. We had some good players, and it was a hell of a game. Yep, Rondo was in that game, right? Yep, Rondo as a bookie. Yep. Oh, yeah. Chuck Hayes. Chuck Hayes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That was a huge game. So, going now into the 2005 season, um, mm-hmm. this has to be one of the more bizarre seasons that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. On August 23rd, 2005, Bob Huggins was called and told he's fired. Right. And then Andy Kennedy takes over. So, Take us through this, um, and not a lot of there's not been a lot of former players who have actually talked about this and kind of mm-hmm. their reaction when Huff got fired, and you know what all was going on at that time. Man, it was a it was a crazy summer. It was a crazy summer. We had so much going on. I mean, guys was getting in trouble. Uh, Hugs got Hugs got in trouble. We had a, a couple of assistants getting. It was just a crazy time. It was just a. a uh, a windstorm of just craziness, and um, mm-hmm. and when Hugs got fired, man, it was like super crazy because you would never think that. Like Hugs right. is Cincinnati, Hugs is sure. Cincinnati, like bottom line. So when he got fired, we were all just shocked, and we was like, "What? What the hell? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do now?" And then you had people talking about like Oscar was going to like it was a time when like Oscar. <laughs> You remember that? Like, oh, like was Oscar was like the coach or something. Like, you know yep. what I'm saying? But you got to understand, we wasn't in school yet. Like, school yep. hadn't started yet. So it was like we were just around the program. We was, like, working <laughs> out and just playing. But, like, Oscar was, like, supposed to be the coach. And it was crazy, man. It was a crazy <laughs> time. We didn't know what the hell was going on. But we, yep. just, we knew we had to finish the season. And, uh, man, it was just – I can't even explain how crazy it was. We just we was just so uncertain of what was next. Yep. And AK takes over. Do you see um AK's now the head coach of UAB? Man, I'm so happy, man. Like AK don't have he just got his social media, I guess. But I'll be trying to reach out to AK because AK uh 
uh, is probably my favorite coach of all times. Yeah. He's my, he's my favorite coach. Because not only was he – he was always – I was always kind of closer to AK than um, anybody else. He was one of his assistants. And the thing about AK is he's a former player. And he was he was a young guy, so he was, yep. like, still in that player mode. He understood the players. So he understood the players so much he 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 uh, formed everything and how a player would want things to be. And uh, I always say this, the, difference, the only difference between him and Hugs is he's more of an offensive guy. He's offense, mm-hmm. offense, offense. Yep. Not offense, 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 but he demands defensively. But we never really worked on offense with Hugs. Everything was defense. Everything yep. was defensive rebounding. Our whole practice was surrounded by that. We would get our offense in because we, you know, we trying to score the ball and we're playing against a great defense would made us better offensively, but offensively offense wasn't our thing. And that like totally changed when AK came. It was about trying to score the ball, putting sets in so you can be you know, put you in the right position to be a, a better player offensively. And um, I, I thank him because he's probably the reason I got drafted because before that I was averaging like 10 points a game. Mm-hmm. I was playing a one. They brought Devin Downey in, which yep. helped me move back to the three. And I was able to, you know, I got better. Like my shot got better. His big thing was this thing he used to say, and I still use this with guys I uh, play with and guys I try to teach the game to. His big thing was earn the right. He would say, you have to earn the right to make shots. So you have to put the work in to get to make your shot. If you're not getting no shots up, you ain't earned the right to make no damn shots. <laughs> and he, that always stuck with yep. me. He was right. And I was always be in the gym my senior year trying to get better and uh, work on my shot and, and just try to, you know, refine my game. And I, I, he really helped me with that. I think AK's style, like you said, really fit the makeup of the team because with Devin Downey coming in, the way he played, he was so small. He was like a remote control car out there, man. Dude was moving and, and he was – putting so much pressure on the defense, which obviously, like you said, helped you out. <clears throat> I think you're seeing your year. I mean, you're, every year um, your statistics and your output just increased. I can't remember yeah. you averaged, what, what, around 17 or something, maybe your senior yeah, year? Yeah, about, about 17. I, I mean, I ain't have no games. I probably had one one game or something. I didn't score double figures. I was playing. I had a great, I had a great senior year, and that was uh, mostly because, it, but see, like, both Hugs and AK both let you play your game. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever it is, you, Hugs is the same way. He lets you play. You got to play. He's going to let you play your game, do your thing. Only thing about Hugs is if you don't do the things that he wants you to do as far as, like, if you're a big dude, you don't get opposite, and you don't rebound the ball, you don't, <laughs> if you don't play because you ain't going to play. That's why yep. Max That's why Max Hill never – he always played, never got yelled at. He's one of the dudes that never got yelled at ever because he always did his job. As long as you do your job, you'll be fine, and you're going to succeed. And – Hugs is like that. So I always never had a problem with Hugs. It was the same thing with AK. He just lets you play your game and just be you. And um, he's still he's still like that at uh, Mississippi the same way. He let dudes, you know, be himself and he's successful. Yep, no doubt. And even with all the craziness that happened that season, you guys still ended up 21-13 and 13, um, that season. It could have went the opposite Man. direction. It could have been terrible and um, didn't make the NCAA tournament, um, made it to the NIT. And that whole finish there was bizarre with the, yeah. you know, the game with South Carolina and what happened leading up to that. Just bizarre. I mean, a bizarre ending to just kind of a bizarre yeah. year. It was it, it was crazy because um, we had so much going on and guys got like, I mean, just the fact that he got hurt playing his best game in his, in his yeah. career, basically him getting hurt. We're not having no scholarship plans. We add, add uh, Connor Barr and him helping us. We're not really having the guys, but having a 
successful year playing in the Big East for the first time in a in a in a in a league who took nine teams to the NCAA tournament and we eight and eight playing against these big old teams and we, with, the, with the team we had. It was, it yep. was great. Uh, yeah, definitely a crazy ending, man. That from even from the Masters for a Guard thing, from me not playing in that damn uh, NIT stuff, man, it was crazy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now I want to jump into um, get back to the, the dunk competition stuff. So, like I said, you participate in the McDonald's All American Dunk Competition, and then after the mm-hmm. season's over, you participate in the college dunk competition. <clears throat> so, sure. I think there were. There were two things in motion um, that you probably didn't even fully process at that time. And nowadays, I think players have a better, kind of a better idea of personal branding mm-hmm. now because of social media. But I'm, a, I'm here to tell you, back then at that dunk competition, you wearing that, the red jersey with mm-hmm. the red Jordan 21s, like, I know you've been wearing the red 21s during the season, but that moment, it was kind of like you, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. during the season, it was a team thing. But when you got to that dunk competition, it was James White. You had on the red uni and the red suede 21s, which you don't know this, but amongst a lot of kids and people, those became the James White. James White. Oh, those, those are my favorite Jordans, man. To this day, I, I I try to keep a, a keep a pair with me, but it you know they, they hard to find, man. <laughs> oh no, no, you got to have a demo about that, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but that those became you. Like I could still wear those. I could wear those exact shoes, and Bearcat fans would be like, "Oh man, James White, like that they." They attach you to that in those red uniforms, like from a personal branding standpoint, it was huge. Like there were so many people around the country that I think that everybody knew about the Bearcats, but when they saw that, they were like, yo, the Jordan gear is crazy. And you're yeah. jumping from the free throw line, the windmill from the free throw line. And and lastly, I'll let you talk about it a little bit, but what, what was so crazy, I think, not only the dunks you did, but then after the dunks, the dancing, mm-hmm. the face yeah. that that added points to it. Yeah, so so like going into it, you gotta understand like I wasn't, if, you know, if you if you're a guy, especially a senior who's going to be going to the draft, right? Mm-hmm. And you you looking at the draft boards, you are looking at uh, NBA Draft dot net, all that stuff. I wasn't on none of that too. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't mm-hmm. projected to be drafted. And, like, going into that thing, I was like, man, I'm going to make sure people know my name. And when I went into that dunk contest, I wasn't like, I'm trying to win. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to win the dunk contest. I was just trying to put on the show. That was my mm-hmm. whole goal. I was like, I just got to get to the finals. So I got to go all the way through this thing so you can see me throughout the whole thing. And then when I get there, I'm going to do something even crazier. Make or miss, you're going to know me. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because, like, going into there – so I asked for the red uniforms. They, I said, don't don't give me no shorts. I don't need no shorts because I'm going to wear my red practice shorts because I don't want my shorts to be too long because I'm going between the legs. So I knew what I was wearing, all that stuff. I get to Indianapolis, and Rodney Carney is my roommate. So if you don't know, Rodney Carney, guy from Memphis, mm-hmm. very same type of athlete type of guy, high jumper, He's more of a shooter, but he's a but he's projected to be a top fifteen draft pick. Mm-hmm. But I 
always looked at this guy like I'm better than this dude mm-hmm. in every way. So, like I took when I played against him, when we played against Memphis, I took the, the matchup personally. Like I locked him down, taking it personal. So when I got to the dunk contest, it motivated me more. I was like, I'm gonna kill this guy. And it's a dunk contest, but it's still like I'm, I'm better, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's the mindset I had going into it. And when I got into it, like that's just what I like. Get, being in dunk contest is like. Like my, it's like my thing, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, people have stuff that they're like, that's my thing. Like, you know, being the, that used to be my thing. Even when I was in high school, you look back at uh, the Ball of Baval case when I was in high school and stuff like that. I still had that same type of swagger like that. Like, that's my thing. This is where I'm more comfortable. So that's how I went into it, man. And I just try to put on the show, man. And, you know, the guys around me, like D Brown, all uh, those guys that was watching it, you know, Cabby Poindexter, they was just hyping me up, you know, mm-hmm. try to put on the show. Now, there's one thing I remember. I don't know if you remember this, but after your last dunk and things were kind of wrapping up, um, you took off the red Jordan 21, mm-hmm. you signed mm-hmm. them, and you threw mm-hmm. them in the crowd. You remember that? I was, yeah, that was part of the, that was part of the, like, the show, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, part of it. You know, I you know took them off. I there's like part of like the plan. You know, I wish yeah. I never did it. Now I want them back. Now <laughs> <laughs> I wonder the, yeah. the, the people that caught those. Like it'd be fun to find out. You know, if they still have them and who that was. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely part of the show. I, I'm and they, and they picked it up too. They, it was on TV, so that was dope. Yep, no doubt. So you talked a little bit about the NBA. So um, leading up into the, the draft, um, which I believe you drafted by Portland in 2006, is that correct? Mm-hmm. I was drafted by trade. Portland, but it was trade. It was it was basically for the Pacers. It was really the Pacers drafted. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of a, a um, an interesting ride through the NBA. So you want to talk us through that? Yeah. So like I said, I wasn't expecting to, to get drafted, um, but I went to. You can't do this nowadays, but I I did thirty workouts. I did thirty workouts, and that's like way more than everybody else. I went to some places twice, and I just went on a grind and just was trying to hunt down all these dudes that was. See how I used to work back in the day is, you'll get a sheet. It'll say, okay, you're going to a workout with the Pacers, and now this guy, this guy, and this guy's going to be there. You're for me. I'm trying to go against the dudes that are supposed to be drafted to hire me, higher than me. Mm-hmm. But I would go to all these places and would cancel. The guys will cancel, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to go against the guy who's the hungry guy who's trying to get, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would go all these places, they cancel. But whoever's in there, I'm killing them. And, I mean, I, as it went on, my draft stock just started getting higher and higher. And um, I ended up lucky enough to get drafted by the Pacers. I go to Indiana. Uh, I have a great summer league. But, once again, I'm, I'm in summer league, I'm playing the one. So it's me, Sean Williams, uh, that went to Memphis, and Danny Granger. In some league, mm-hmm. you know, Danny. Uh, Danny's not Danny Granger that you know at the time. You know, what I'm saying he's regular Danny Granger. He's not the All Star Danny Granger. Mm-hmm. So he's a young guy. It's his second year. I had a great, I had a great summer league, but I'm playing the one. I get to uh, you know training camp and everything. I'm having a, a solid training camp. I'm having a good training camp. Matter of fact, the first game I started because Stack Jack got suspended, and I started my first game against Vince Carter. So. We, Everything's going good. Uh, they make a trade and they bring um, Powell in, uh, his name, and another guy in from Dallas. So the day they bring those guys in, we have um, they have me and Sean play them two on two. So we're playing them two on two. Raw Marshall's the other guy. 
I go to to block Raw Marshall's shot, twist my ankle, mm. ass sprain, like a really really bad sprain, like to the point I'm supposed to be out like eight weeks. This is almost the end of training camp though, so I had I had a guarantee for two years, but because I wasn't playing and we had so many guys in training camp and some guys that they they liked already, they uh they had guaranteed uh I think uh, Jesse Cabbages, another guy from overseas. And they brought those two guys in. They basically, they, they cut me. I got cut because I wasn't mm. playing. I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. They cut me, and I was. That was the worst day of my life, man. Trust me, it was the worst day. So I'm, I mean, I'm in my car, just sitting there like for hours, just in this parking lot, just like, damn, man, what, what am I to do now? Like, you know, thinking about to go overseas. Cause I never had a problem, but I never had an issue with going overseas. I was always. That's why I thought I was going anyway. So. um my agent, I talked to my agent. He's like, don't worry, you're going to pass waivers, you know. And I go home. My best friend was living with me. I'm like, yo, this got cut. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, he didn't believe me. But I finally convinced him. We packed our stuff up, and we drove back to D.C. So I'm at home in D.C. Then one night my agent called me like, man, um, Spurs are going to pick you up off waivers, man. Poppy was just going to call you. I'm like, what? what? I'm like, all hype because Spurs is like one of the best things. I'm hype. Mm-hmm. Poppy just calls me. Like James, what's going on, man? I'm like, how you doing, Pop? You know, how you doing? He's like, oh yeah, um, you know, we're gonna bring you in. We're gonna bring you in. But I'm letting you know right now, you're not gonna play at all. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I'm, I don't care. I'm just hyped that I'm able to get another chance. He's like, man, yeah. come in here, work hard, whatever. So, and I get picked up by the Spurs, man, and um, it was just like a, it was like a just a great uh, learning lesson and um just a great experience that whole year just to, from that point on to playing with a championship team was just unbelievable. Oh man. I know. And, and so you end up um, playing overseas for a while, correct? Yeah. So after that year, um, I, a bit, to be honest with you, man, I, to that point, I didn't understand how to, I didn't understand how to be a pro. So I didn't understand how to be like like all the little things that go on to just the just the just the understanding the stuff about the NBA, the little stuff, like being a professional all the time, like mm-hmm. the not going out stuff, not being seen as a guy who only cares about this and that and this, even though you know you're not like that. Mm-hmm. The perception of things. You know, having the right perception of people having the right perception of you, being a worker. Like, I didn't understand how to work properly, you know. So all those things went into me not lasting at that point in the NBA. So then I went overseas. I went to um, I went to that year. I went to uh, – what did I do after that? I went, to, I went to Russia. No, 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 sorry. I went to Turkey. I, I went to Turkey. And I went to uh, Fenerbahce, which is one of the best teams in Europe. I don't know. This is my first time going overseas. Like I told you, I never had an issue with going overseas. Matter of fact, when I was transferring from Florida to Cincinnati, my I was going to go overseas instead of going to college. I never had a problem. I always thought like playing for money was like the greatest thing in the world. Being able to play basketball and get money for it was like ridiculous to me. So I never had a problem doing that. So my agent brought that to me. I said, cool. At the time, I didn't understand that the level I was going to. I'm thinking I'm going overseas. I'm better than all these dudes. Like, this is a step below where I'm supposed to be. So I went in there with that mentality and it's not that <laughs> going overseas mm-hmm. is not what you think it is. 
high level basketball. The basketball is actually harder than it is in the NBA because there's, you're, you're a young guy, you're a grown man, it's more physical, it's harder to score. Uh, they play just a different style of basketball with different rules. So I learned a lot that year, uh, won a championship there. And then I had a, I signed a five-year deal with them, but I had a, like options in my thing where if I sign with teams, like NBA teams, I can get out of it. I signed with a team, I want to say uh, Memphis, uh, like a little like a fake little deal. So I got mm-hmm. out of the contract, and then um, I played summer league that year with the Lakers. Didn't get on, and then uh, I went to the, uh, I signed in I signed in China. So I signed in China for this ridiculous amount of money and back then they wasn't in the um FIBA so they didn't have no rules so they wasn't paying me when I got there we're supposed to pay me they wasn't paying me so I left and I entered the D-League draft so I, I got drafted in the D-League by Anaheim had a great year and that's when I learned about working and how to score the ball that's when that's the first time I learned about how to be a scorer how to work mm-hmm. how to refine my game all those different things that's when I really things in my game really turned for me. And I was leading the league in scoring and um, got picked up by the Houston Rockets. So um, went on that team. This is Yao Ming and the Kimbe Tumbos last year. Okay. Um, yeah, played with that team. Didn't get, I came in the middle of the year, so I, was, I wasn't I was playing. <laughs> I, was, I was just chilling on it. Just, so, uh, so, you know, I've never played on a bad team. Any team I never I never played on any bad team. So I never was a, like playing like those minutes where you just playing on a sorry team and you get to really like get busy. So like every right. situation I've been in is like been on like a this great mob. So this team was great. This is like we were supposed to beat the Lakers but y'all got hurt in the Western Conference Finals. So mm. played on that team. And um went from there, uh, I got traded to Denver Nuggets. And this is Melo, Chauncey Billups, Ken Martin, uh, J.R. Smith, uh, Nene. Birdman. Birdman. Yep, Birdman was on that team. Great you team. Probably, you probably don't remember this, but I came to the game when you guys played at Portland. Mm-hmm. I was. There, I remember, yeah, because J-Mo was there, right? I mean, you yeah. met with uh, – yeah, I remember that. Y'all remember that? Yep, we we sat right next to the bench. Yep, yep, I remember that. Yep, I remember that. Um, yeah, so that that year, so I go there, and that system was like perfect for my game. Like they just played up and down, um, fast pace, and I was having a great training camp. Like great, I was leading the, at one point. I was leading the team in scoring. I had like a couple eighteen, a twenty point game. I had some good games, and end up getting cut, man, and. Never forget that, like uh, Carl bringing me in and telling me, you know, it's the hardest decision you had to make and all this. And I was just like, man, <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that. Right. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I did everything. I mean, that's like the one opportunity I always thought I had that, like, like I not I regret, but I'm like, damn, if I would have been able to get on that team, things would have been like a totally different outcome of my my career. Mm-hmm. But uh, end up going. I got cut, and then I just went to Russia. I went back overseas to Russia, played there, and it's, that kind of started my overseas, another overseas journey for me because I went from Russia to Italy, and then I went to Italy again the next year in the lockout year. 
And that year, I actually had a buyout with the Nuggets, which is crazy. I had a buyout deal with the Nuggets, and my team wouldn't let me go. That was a lockout year. And uh, I played well again. had, like, three great years in a row. Then I played, and I got signed by the New York Knicks. That was my yep. last year playing the NBA. Yep. yep. So, I, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, and that was uh, another crazy experience. <laughs> you've had a, I mean, you've had a wild ride in basketball, but it's it's – it's one of those things, regardless of the ride, man, it's still been a great adventure for you because I mean, you've got to build a lot of great relationships, meet man. a lot of people, play with a lot of high-level elite people, and that's what that's what sports does for you. Man, I've learned so much about the game. and I mean, I, I look at this stuff and I say, man, things could have been different here, there, and, you know, but I feel like, I really feel like it's you know, at the end of the day, my goal has always been I wanted to be a coach and uh, help people and teach the game. And I think all those experiences and learning from all these different people throughout my life has given me a, a broad a broad paintbrush. And I really can just just take all my experiences and lump them together and, you know, be able to teach people the game eventually down the line. And um, I've been blessed to you know, have coaches like Rick Carlisle and Greg Popovich and Hugs mm-hmm. and AK and all these overseas people that taught me stuff I never heard of before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Different aspects of the game, man. And um, I've been blessed. Would be, it would be great one day to see you on the Bearcat sideline helping coach one day. That would be, that'd be great to see. Man, that's the goal. You, you know, you follow me, (laughs) you know, I've always said that, you know, that's like really the, the end, the end goal for me and a dream come true for me to be able to be on that that sideline and bring uh i mean to me i think the coach now coach brennan is doing a great job of bringing that feel back and that energy back to yeah, cincinnati sure. and uh and i, I just want to be hopefully i could be a part of something like that one day because you know that's where the bearcats belongs it's, in that field, in that conversation for being one of the best programs, no matter what conference, no matter what, they have the players and they have the atmosphere and they have the 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 culture to be one of the best programs, you know, out, out there. So I just want to, you know, be a part of that. Totally agree with you. Now, at the end of this uh, interview here, I always like to do this with every person. Mm-hmm. I like to do quick questions, quick mm-hmm. answers. Okay? okay. You ready? Okay. Ready. All right. Quick questions, quick answers with James White. First question, best teammate you ever had when you played with the Cincinnati Bearcats? The one the one guy you like, that's the best teammate, one of the best players I've ever played with while at the Bearcats. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Is he, are you saying the best player or the best just the, the guy, like just the guy? Uh, actually, the, the best, let's do two. You, you made okay. me re, restructure this guy. I think that's good. I'm glad you brought it up. Let's say the best teammate and the best player you've ever played with. Two different things. Best teammate, I got to go uh, tie with Chad Moore and Rod Flowers. I just Rod Flowers is one of the funniest people in the world. I love Rod. <laughs> and uh, Chad was my roommate, and he was just a good dude, just an all-around great dude. And, and uh, Kareem, Kareem Johnson is a good dude, too. Jabber, big Jabber. Jabber. That was a funny dude. That was a funny dude right there. Funny as hell. He don't mean to be funny. Like he doesn't no. mean he's not meaning to be funny. He's just a funny dude. Unintentional, oh. unintentional comedy all the time with him. Yep. I'm gonna kill you with this answer right here because you, you, I'm gonna kill you. The guy I say was the best teammate never played for the Bearcats. 
Never played for the Bearcats? Never end up playing for the Bearcats. Okay. Who do you think I'm talking about? Uh, I have no clue. You got me on this. Do you remember that kid, Vincent? Uh, Barnett? No, no. What was his name? The kid from the kid from Atlanta with the braids that he I forgot his name. Oh, I know you. What was his last name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I know who you're talking him? about. Yeah, yeah, that, I do. That kid right there. I don't know where he's at now. That kid <laughs> was gonna be a problem. He was probably the best dude. He's the most talented dude that I played with on a, on our team. I forgot. I didn't forgot his name. His name was Vincent, right? Huh? His name was Vincent, right? Yeah, I, I remember. I, but like you, I can't remember the God. I can't remember his last name. Now you you got me stuck. I should I should be better at this. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But but that that kid how, was unbelievable. And he didn't even make it. No, I forgot what happened. I, something happened. He went home or whatever. But it's 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 between him and Robert Whaley. Those are the two most talented dudes I ever played with. Oh yeah, Robert Whaley. I was crazy, and he's in my he's in my uh, high school class. He always was uh, just immensely talented. He was like you had we had Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, all those big time uh, guys. Mm-hmm. To me, he was the most talented guy in our class, and he was just man, he's talented. He was just unbelievable. No doubt, no doubt about that. All right, so I've got the next one here. All right, who is your favorite artist of all time? Talking about music. Ooh. Michael Jackson, probably. Ooh, I like that. So would would Michael Jackson be a guy that um, you listen to before games? Or do you have a different Never. Okay. Never listened to Michael Jackson before the games, but I grew up on Michael Jackson. You know, I was, uh, I used to watch the making of Thriller every day when I was a kid. Every day, Mm -hmm. bowl of cookie crisp. A little kid watching the making of thriller every day, like <laughs> memorizing every dance move, everything. Like Michael Jackson was my man. And then you look at it now and you just listen to all his old, old stuff, like first becoming a solo artist, stuff like that. Man, his songs are timeless, man. He got so much stuff and he was so talented. So, did you, have, did you have the glitter glove? I did not have the glitter glove, but I had all the moves. I had the moves like I had the glitter glove, though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the club, but I had the move. So no jacket. You had the jacket with the zip. I had none of that. I was too poor to get any of that stuff, to be honest with you. Um, I, I feel you. Wow. <laughs> All right. So my next question here. In in your opinion, your favorite dunk that you ever did could be game, could be dunk competition, overseas, whatever. Your favorite dunk of all time. Mm. Favorite dunk. In game was my dunk against uh, Louisville. Dunk on Taekwon Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ever. Probably my dunk I did um, in, the, in the dunk contest in Italy in Milan. I jumped from the right, right corner of the free throw line and switch hands to my left. That was one of my favorite mm. dunks. That's my favorite one right there. Yeah, that's one of my you favorite had a, You had like the light blue uniform on for that one, right? Yep, yep, yep. That was a, that's my favorite one because it was just so different. Like I hadn't seen that. And then if you really look at it, from where you jumped that angle, 
it's it's a it's such a weird angle and it's further out than people it is further think it's it further that's the thing people don't understand it's further than the regular free throw line mm-hmm. further yeah yeah that's definitely definitely my favorite so last question all right if you were not a basketball player and can do anything else in life what would it be Ooh. what would it be I would want to be I would wanna be like a I wanna be a real estate mogul. Ooh. And the and the reason why because if you're a real estate mogul it means you have a lot of money. But I would build gyms across the country. I would build gyms across the country, like twenty four hour gyms where kids have a place to go and play at any moment, anytime they wanted to. Mm. And I'll build I'll build those all across the country with with no thing where it's making money. Some way I would get the money where it would I would make money from it, but it would be like the kids could go for free. And that would be like my goal. Mm. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, when was the last time you've been to a Bearcat basketball game? Man, I haven't been to an actual game since I played. I haven't been. What? You know, this you know, yeah, you know this summer, you know this time, this, these last times you've seen me in Cincinnati is the first time I've been back to Cincinnati, period, since, uh, well, not including the time we played that preseason game, um, that preseason game when I was with the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been back since college. I haven't been back since college because I'm always gone. I'm always overseas or playing, so I haven't been back. But this year I was able to come back for the first time in a long time. It felt, it felt good to be able to go to Midnight Madison School. Yeah, yeah, because you and I had a, a conversation. You you were at practice, and uh, mm-hmm. Coach Brandon was running his practice, and then I had a good conversation. I, I didn't realize that you hadn't been around in that long. So we got to get you to a game next year. Yeah, I think I think this probably I, I said this last year, but I don't know. I, I think this season probably my last, especially with everything that's going on now, might be my last season. I was playing good this last season before the season ended. But, I mean, I think this might be my last season. So, if it is, then I will have the opportunity to, you know, be around and come come to games this year. So, hopefully, uh, if I if I do have a chance, I'll go. For sure. You make sure you hit me up, and I'll make sure. I know you can get tickets to the school, but we'll, we'll make sure you get taken care of for sure. For sure. We come back. And I got something for you. Vincent Barnett. Six there it is forward vincent barnett yes from out of georgia right yep and you know the crazy thing he ended up on one of those shows like um what do you call it um uh, uh like uh maury povich or um yeah he was on there with some crazy girl <laughs> true story oh man i cannot believe that. i got i gotta look that up you gotta send yeah. that to me I will find it and I will send it to you. Um, I remember Hugs talking about it. As soon as you said Vincent, I'm like, that's that's the dude. Yeah, because he had braids. Yep, dude was yep. crazy. He was going to be like the next guy. Like I, I thought he was going to be. I predicted. Like I used to tell people all the time, he's going to be the all-time lead scorer in Cincinnati history. That's how. That's how talented he was. How great wow. a scorer he was. He was crazy. With he was killing us in practice every day. Crazy. That is crazy. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find that clip. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna Hi. I think I I think I'm pretty sure Hug told me about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely find that. So um uh, but hey listen man, this has been great. Um great stories. Uh great to get some insight on I think a lot of situations.
about. Um, just great interview. I really appreciate you coming on. And then we're going to get you to a game this coming season with the Bearcats. Sure. And then I want to definitely get you back on the podcast again soon. Sound good? For sure. For sure. No problem. Thanks, my brother. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. All right. All right. Have a good one. Yep. yep. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.